Ladies and gentlemen, guys and gals, non-binary pals, and the technical the rainbow in between, this is Modular Media Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Chris, the Boingo, the writer, the Gaston, and with me, as always, is my co-host. Oh, new hair? New desk? New styles? That can only mean one thing, folks. Modular Media has refreshed its branding, so I did too. And we're back here for another episode of MMWP, the Modular Media Wrestling Podcast. I'm the Vacuuminator, and just like good old DDP, I gotta tell you, it's time to feel the bang. New look, same old assholes. Indeed. So, professional wrestling... Oh, by the way... Oh, you go ahead. uh, Because I know somebody's gonna bring it up in the comments. I am still planning to do the Brody thing in Halloween. It's just going to start getting hot as fuck here any day now. And I figured out I can grow it fast. You're saying that to the man who has this in Florida. I I never had a beard in Florida. I didn't grow a beard for the first time until I moved here. Indeed. But this is MMWP, the podcast from Modular Media, where we talk about wrestling. Hence the name, Modular Media Wrestling Podcast. It works out strangely like that, you know? It's weird. It sure does. It's it's hella fun. Um, do we want to do any housekeeping in a general sense before we really dive into what happened in wrestling this week? Because, boy, there's some shit to dive in. Oh, yeah. Um, well, before we get into that, uh, as I uh, alluded to, we have uh, done a bit of a brand refresh here at Modular Media. We now have a After... weekly schedule <laughs> that we're going to be keeping to as best we can. Um, so this show is supposed to air on Thursday nights. Uh, we ha- we had a bit of trouble getting together last night, so that's yeah. why we're doing it now. This yeah. will all this night will always be the fallback night for yeah. that uh, because both of us can just stay up as late as we fucking need to on Fridays. Whereas I have work f- on Friday, so if if I'm up too late on uh, Thursday, then the next day I will fall asleep on the highway and die. Um, Wasn't Twit also uploaded on Wednesday this week? Yeah, that was purely just uh, issues with getting the edit oh, together on time. Um, I was about to say, but... was I the only one on time this week? No. Component was on time. <laughs> yeah, Component was on time. And hey, we have a new flagship show, Modular Components, which is meant to be a much more casual, laid-back show than all the other stuff we do here at Modular Media. It's uh, We each bring a topic, and we just kind of sit around and shoot the shit based on those topics. And this week, it was much more generally just a life update and getting reacquainted with each other kind of thing because Snowcone was on it and we hadn't talked to Snowcone in quite a while so it was really good getting caught up on him we talked about toys and toy collecting a whole lot hey there's some toys back there I'm doing some toy collecting um and it was a whole thing and as always uh Twit or This Week in Toku with myself and Miriam of Bustercore will always go up um on uh the Tuesday Unless I have severe issues getting the edit together, like I did this week, and I apologize for that. But, uh, hey, it's out now. You can go listen to it uh, after you're done watching this, uh, which uh, hopefully won't be too long from now. We'll try not to be going too long, too late, uh, both for your benefit, for the benefit of the podcast, and for the fact that... uh, we have to record no prize after this, so we're going to be up pretty late tonight. But that's fine because we're talking wrestling, we're talking camics, we're talking all kinds of fun stuff, and I am just super excited to get into it whenever Boingo is available again. Because at the moment I'm stalling for him while he's on the phone. Oh, he's putting his camera back into place. He might be back with us any second now. That's super exciting. Um. Uh, but yeah, super exciting times here for Modular. Our sh- a lot of our shows are starting to pick up. Like this show only gets a couple of views a week, and that's fine. Uh, no prize is getting more and more views each week, and uh, Twit is getting more and more views each week. So I'm very excited about that. I hope everybody turns out to support Modular Components because I think it's going to be something very different but very beneficial to this channel. So I hope everybody at least gives it a shot and enjoys it welcome back boingo writer are you ready to talk yeah about I, was, uh, I just got i got hailed but also remember if you're listening to this on any podcast platform tell your friends about it so they can uh, enjoy the bullshit too hell yeah so we need to talk about the professional wrestling and talking about mm-hmm. professional wrestling often means you have to talk about 
the weird underbelly, the sewer of professional wrestling. Cause we uh, gotta get on the dirt sheets, brother. Cause last week we talked about uh, a bunch of firings, which sad, tragic, kind of bullshit. Fuck all yeah. that shit, you know. This week, um, was bit of an update. <laughs> bit of an update. Do you want to give you? You've been more on the pulse of this than I have. So why don't you give the folks the rundown? Okay, so I don't have all the tweets in front of me right now. I can't read off exact quotes, but basically what had happened was um, Mickey James, one of the firings I was most upset about because I feel she is a huge asset to any women's division you put her in. She could be an amazing mentor, locker room leader type person, and she's still able to go in the ring I've often wondered why WWE didn't use her more than they did, but whatever. She's going to go be more beneficial to some other company now, and good for her for doing that. Um, however, uh, apparently somebody uh, saw fit to clean out uh, Miss James's uh, locker at uh, wherever the Thunderdome is at the moment and send her things along to her in a cardboard shipping box that contained all those things, not so politely tossed, into a garden variety trash bag. Yeah. And she tweeted about this, saying she felt really disrespected and pretty pretty upset about it. Uh, and uh, Ivelisse replied and got dunked on. That was funny. Um, and then uh, Stephanie McMahon came back the next day and said, uh, hey, we're sorry, firing you sucks enough but nobody should have to have something like that happen to them we've fired the person responsible for doing this and triple h tweeted something similar um to which cm punk replied with the gif of the guy going like so it's a whole thing yeah. um oh and also coincidentally it was announced that mark carano was released from wwe yeah but that was apparently he was released like a year or so why Oh, okay, okay. Like, it only just people were like, oh, he's not there. Um, yeah, it's, this is a big old bag of fuck. That is, that is rubbing salt in the wound, and I do not blame her for being upset. Um, good That's... on Steph and Trips for responding the way they did, but also, like, y'all the same motherfuckers that have been protecting Velveteen Dream and Matt Riddle for the last however long it's been since that shit came out, so, you know. Yeah. It's weird where lines get drawn, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, Trip, say hi to China. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to like Triple H. I desperately want to think that he's going to he's gonna save the company when Vince eventually kicks the bucket. But uh, the older I get, the more I come around to the CM Punk way of thinking of, I want to think this company is going to be great when Vince McMahon finally dies. But the sad truth is it's going to get taken over by his idiot daughter and his doofus son-in-law. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of how it is. Mm -hmm. But... the way it is. Some things will never change. Like Aleister Black's gimmick. Small silver lining. That, because it's in character, it's just an evolution, it's good, it reminds me of Guillermo del Toro movies. Yeah, and literally, this this new promo, which is Aleister Black kind of like, um, berating the audience in a somewhat polite way and reading a storybook called The Book of the Dark Father. And when I saw that, that, I first went like, is that, is that saying The Dark Order? The fuck? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be the best way to do that invasion? <laughs> um, but no, uh, he, he reads it, he basically tells this story and, and the, the longer it goes on, the more clear it becomes that he's talking about his childhood and he's implying that he's going to be doing some very nasty things in the not-too-distant future. And Aleister Black is back on the main roster. He's on SmackDown. And uh, he's if this promo, because this is just an initial promo, if it's any indication, he's being handled a lot better than he was the first time around. And good for that. However, uh, my immediate response was to go on Twitter and just retweet the video with, Please don't fuck this up. 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 Please. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Fuck WWE. I mean, the last time I was invested in WWE was the Fiend from debut till uh, WrestleMania. And we all know how well that went. So, needless to say, well, I am. Up till Firefly Funhouse was fantastic. It was pretty good. 
Fire from yeah. Funhouse was cool. Yeah, that was the Mania match. And like I'm I'm optimistic about this re-debut for Alistair. However, I'm still just gonna spectate it. Yeah, no. I, I am tuning in. Like Alistair, you're my boy. I ain't tuned into that. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the same kind of thing where like remember when they were pushing Jeff Hardy really hard on SmackDown after Matt had just debuted in AEW? Yeah. Hey, we got the Hardy Boy people actually care about. Come on, guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing, that company. But uh, another company is Jazzwares, and they, they make toys. They make action figures. Hey, I like toys. I like action figures. And uh, they unveiled the uh, color prototypes of AEW Unrivaled Collection Series 5, which is going to be... Ta- uh, first ever tag champions, SCU, so that's Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. Um, two-thirds of Jurassic Express, that being Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. And a new version of John Moxley and Hangman Adam Page. And uh, I gotta admit, I am really excited about this wave. I already had it all pre-ordered before these shots came out, but this just made me go from like, yeah, that'll be a solid wave, to, oh, this is gonna be a fucking great wave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dr- Luchasaurus is just great. Jungle Boy, fantastic. This is, seems good. Seems good shit. Yeah, very, very nice is, looking toy. Is chugging along the, the only uh, the only downside. I think I, th- I think still some people still aren't able to find them. Yeah, distri- distribution across the board for toys is really fucked up right now because COVID is still affecting things pretty badly, and it probably won't be that way. It probably won't be back to normal at least for the toy industry until this year's holiday season i would expect yeah and there was also the giant blockage in the canal because a lot of those toys are probably manufactured in uh, china and places like that yeah i don't know where jazzwares's factories are but i know mattel has some factories in china some factories in korea and hasbro has recently moved all of their production to korea hey you don't have to deal with the ccp Mm -hmm. uh but uh yeah, that's that's a whole thing. I'm I'm very excited for those figures. Uh, the only unfortunate thing I could say about this wave is, hey, it's uh it's face Scorpio Sky. Um, oh yeah. Um, however, it's that's also like I don't care. We finally have the tag belts in the line. Yeah. Like by the time these two come out, every belt currently active in AEW as of this broadcast will be in figure form. Black TNT. No, but there will be a version of the TNT Championship. Yeah. FTW. Yeah. Super Mega uh, uh, AAA belt that. That only counts when they want it. When they want it to count. <laughs> That's not an AEW belt, <laughs> sir. It's, so, it's worn by an AEW wrestler, boy. There, but that. But then you could also say like, "Hey, where's Moxley's US title?" In the Japanese release. Oh my god, that would be amazing if Super 7 released a John Moxley in their New Japan line. Are they the same scale? Pretty much, yeah. I think the New Japan New Japan figs are a little bigger than the Unrivaled figs, mm. but it's the same scale. Okay. 112, 6 inch. But, uh, yeah. We also got some uh, video game news. We got a, one of the two-point shows, uh, another one, just kind of more updates on... Uh, Elite GM mode, GM game, uh, the mobile thing, basically going, hey, it's going to be 2D art, a lot of finishers, a lot of ways to book things. It's going to have a lot of things you want. No definitive date, but it will be out before the end of the year. Legitimately, this as we get more and more updates on that game, it does sound more and more interesting to me. Like Whereas before, I was like, I don't give a fuck about mobile games. Just get to the real shit. Now I'm like, I'm kind of getting to a place where I'm like, I might give this a shot when it drops. Right. I wonder if this is also going to be some ga- uh, gotcha. If they're going to use some gotcha mechanics, micro microtransactions kind of stuff. No gotcha. Do you know the difference between micro and gotcha? I apparently do not. Okay, when you're playing like a free mobile game and it gives you like a coin and you spin a thing and get a character, that's a gotcha. Mm. Like a gotcha ball from Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Genshin, got you. Genshin Impact is like that. Um. The, the the Fire Emblem mobile game is like that. Pokemon Masters. Okay, yeah, that could work. That could be fun. Yeah. I'm not saying do it, but I have a feeling that might happen. Also, just some lip service minor updates to the console game going like, hey, they look good. 
we're still working on it. It's still going. We just can't show you anything right now. <laughs> they really started this show way too fucking early. Mm-hmm. They thought, that, oh, we're going to get some shit. This is the third one we've done and we don't have any. Especially to the point where now this episode ends with Kenny going like, hey, I'm the champion of two companies soon to be free. I have to do a lot of shit. I kind of can't host this show anymore. Allie, you're a pretty gamer girl. Will you host our gaming show? <laughs> Honestly, I what I would like this show to turn into is it's more of like a talk show of just like Allie and guests of a week talk about video games and like stuff like that and just update people on the going and maybe throw in like a clip from uh, AEW Twitch stream once in a while. Yeah, it's kind of been that with Kenny, but they could definitely go harder on it. And then you can do it like every week. Yeah. And just like give an update every once in a while. Like, oh, hey, special guest, Kenny Omega. He has an update for us. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I'd be down with that. But uh, then we also got a, uh, a bit of a, a really cool video, actually, over on the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast YouTube channel, um, which is Matt Cardona and EC3 sitting down in a diner uh, to kind of hash things out because they've been having like a bunch of Twitter tensions and stuff back matt's been being kind of passive aggressive. yeah matt's been being passive aggressive to him in like unboxing videos and things and you know ec3 is kind of clapping back in the comments and that whole thing and so they sit down in this video to kind of like like let's try and resolve this let's figure out what's going on and legitimately i think this is the best character work eater of this these two men have done in years like Best best stuff EC3 has done since Impact. Best stuff Matt Cardona has done since the True Long Island story ended. Um, just going over like the differences in how their years have been since they got released. Because this is kind of unfortunate considering what else happened that day. But this did release on the one-year anniversary of Black Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and they were like, well, it's been a year Look at how your year's gone compared to how my year's gone. You know, I've got a hugely successful podcasting network now, and I'm doing all this, and and I've got, and I'm running my own pseudo promotion, and I've got like seven different action figures of myself in development. And you signed with Ring of Honor, mm. and he's like, yeah, because it's not about being a businessman to me. It's about telling a story, and it's about helping others really look at themselves and figure out who they are in the ring. Can you say that you've really been doing that over the last couple of years, Matt? He's like, shit, maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. Let's find out. I've got a live event coming up soon. Let's have a match. And it was a, it was a very solid kind of uh, promotional video for that. Uh, I believe it's going to be live uh, seven um it's it's happening on memorial day and it'll be uh, a pay-per-view thing um not uh not entirely sure on details because they didn't actually show anything for it in the video but like if you want to see those two guys just really get in a really good promo i would definitely suggest sitting down and watching that video it's about 10 minutes long and it's it's really the kind of stuff I've been aching for since I stopped watching NXT because NXT used to be really good at these kind of back and forth promos. Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely check that out. And then also check out uh, Impact Wrestling because they've been building to a very huge, very significant pay-per-view that's happening this freaking Sunday, Rebellion. Um, and there was a press conference for it where uh kenny omega and rich swan kind of got into it a uh, bit of like uh passive aggressive back and forth between scott Demore and uh tony khan and uh kenny omega like came in late to the press conference and acted like he was the big swinging dick which kind of is kind of fair yeah. but then he up to rich swan and rich swan is like you may become the champion but you will never care about this company as much as i do and kenny's just like ladies and gentlemen of the press I want you to get a good shot of this because this is the last time I'm ever going to be cordial with this man. Once we get in the ring, it's war. And he hold, he holds out his hand for a handshake and Rich goes to shake it and he just slaps him and they have to be pulled apart. It was really good. Um, good. One of the better pull apart brawls I've seen. 
Um, and then on Impact TV, there was a retirement ceremony for uh, Jazz, a, a wrestler I'm only kind of familiar with, but I know she's a pretty big deal in women's wrestling. Um, so it was really fun watching that, especially because it's it's the typical wrestling, oh, we're having a big retirement ceremony for you. Isn't this nice? Oh, look, it's some dastardly heels. They want to ruin this. One last match. And then that happens. And then Jazz wins the match. She gets the pin. And then the entire roster, faces and heels alike, come out and basically do a thank you Jazz chant because there's no fans. Um, I thought it was sweet. I thought it was nice. Um, and then uh, getting to the Impact storyline going on with the uh, the major bros, uh, uh, Brian Myers uh, basically told Matt Cardona towards the start of the episode, hey, be in the ring at this time. I want to test you. I want to make sure you're ready for our match on Sunday. I'm giving you a surprise opponent. And then Matt Cardona goes out, does his entrance. Lights go out in the ring. They come up, and it's Sammy Callahan. Uh, Brian Myers paid him off to basically beat the ever-loving shit out of him, and that does happen. Sammy Callahan um, work knocks him out in the match. Uh, and it's a big old stinger leading into their match at Rebellion. And uh, it's a pretty, pretty decent week of impact overall. I haven't watched yesterday's episode just yet, but uh, I am probably going to watch it uh, within the next couple days. And uh, I might actually sit down and watch Rebellion in full. I'm seriously considering that because it does look like a pretty solid card all around, except for one giant clusterfuck of a match. Uh, kind of smack dab in the middle of things, but I'm not going to throw shade by saying which one I think that is booking wise. But uh, yeah, solid, solid week of impact. And uh, then we had uh, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno on AEW Outside the Ring. Very fun episode, uh, really getting across their dynamic as a tag team, um, where Uno's kind of the calmer, more personable. Yeah, I'm a gamer just like you. Isn't that cool? Oh, I like this one. I like that one. And Stu's just like, I don't, I don't play video games. I don't watch movies. I don't watch TV. I go to the gym and I eat. I go to the gym and I eat. And I will crush you. Nice. Weird <laughs> for a guy who used to dress up like... Uh... Yeah. Um, and then we had uh, BTE and... Uh, it's a bit of a disjointed but still fun BTE this week. Uh, we opened up with uh, the Bucks talking about uh, before their match on Dynamite this week, kind of going over their gear and confirming that, yeah, those were real Jordans. Those were $20,000 pairs of Jordans. Um, and, and just being like, yeah, we feel like new men. We've got a new lease on life. This is so great. Uh, and then there was a montage of the match. Uh, and then we uh, got a recap of Dark Order's promo with Hangman walking out. Um, and then it cuts to like a few hours. I'm getting a thing. I'm grabbing and then a thing. It cuts, it cuts to like a few hours later where uh, um, Hangman has not come back yet. And the whole Dark Order is like, what's going on? Where'd Hangman go? Is he ever coming back with those egg rolls? Johnny is hungry. And... Uh, um also wow five got a new dick instead of just getting his dick reattached and it's fucking massive and he can't stop having boners isn't that funny um and then uh they dicks dicks um they they talk about fatherhood and their own dads and the fact that Alex is going to be a dad soon. I think they announced his pregnancy on a BT a few weeks ago, and I just didn't think to mention it. Um, his wife's pregnancy, I should say. Uh, and then it basically ends with John getting more and more upset about the fact that Hangman hasn't come back with the food. And so um, Colt Cabana just pulls out his cell phone and orders... 90,000 pounds of meat delivered from DoorDash. Dear God. It's good. I liked it. Um, then we got a reprise of the Best Friends' BTE bits, because the Best Friends hadn't been on BTE for quite a while, ever since Trent got injured. Um, and he does actually explain, like, he perp he was there every week, but he purposely stayed off BTE because he wanted it to be impactful when he re-debuted. Um, 
But it starts with uh, Brandon Cutler walking into the photo room and going like, all right, I need a best friends bit. They're all back. We need to get this bit on BTE. And then we get a reprise of the Brandon Cutler being murdered by best friends so they can so they'll so he'll leave them alone about doing bits and they basically say all the lines they call back to all the stuff and the funny thing is it's constantly um going back to chris statlander having the ability to force choke him which is kind of awesome she's an alien um and then when he's like what, if you guys don't want to do a funny bit, you could just bring back Mailbag. Remember when that used to be your thing every week where you just read comments in the stands before the shows? And they were like, oh shit, yeah, that might be fun now that we have Chris. Let's go do that. And so they answered some comments for a little bit. And it was pretty fun. I did enjoy it. Um, then we got a follow-up to the bit with Ryzen last week uh, where he's basically running around trying to find a place where he can hide until his boner disappears. And during that, he runs into J.D. Drake, Ty Conti, and one of the refs that's only ever on Dark, so I don't know his name. <laughs> and uh, their reactions were pretty priceless. Um, that's all I'll say. Uh, then uh, we got a little bit of a montage of the Elite being the Young Bucks and Kenny doing their first meet and greet together uh, since the pandemic began before Dynamite. It's fun. It's neat. A uh, bunch, bunch of cool photos of them posing with fans with the titles. Good times. Um, then there was a recap of stuff that happened at The House Always Wins from the perspective of Brandon's vlog camera. Um, and then we got a bit where Brandon goes to confront the Bucks backstage about their new appearance and their new attitude. And um, they didn't come out to save him after he got beat down by Death Triangle on Dark. And what's going on? What's happened to them? Um, he's injured now. He doesn't know what's going, what he's supposed to do because his advice backfired. And they're basically like, buddy, buddy, don't worry about it. Just keep making BTE. Just keep filming us. In fact, why don't you be our personal cameraman? Why don't you be, why, 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 while you're injured, why don't we give you a little bit of on-the-job training because we've been neglecting you. Why don't you be our young boy? And he's like, I don't know about that. And they're like, well, uh, that's too bad because uh, your wife makes all our gear, remember? And uh, you're only in this company because we offered you a contract. So uh, that contract is almost up, isn't it? So here's how this is going to go. For, for the foreseeable future, until you can wrestle again, you're going to be our young boy. Or uh, we'll stop contracting your wife and we won't renew your contract. Ooh. Get fucked. That big dick move. Mm -hmm. it, was, uh, it, was, it was like, fuck y'all. Yeah. Especially because right after that, it immediately goes into, there's now a new end screen, where for the longest time it's been animated versions of them singing the theme song and then super kicking the screen. Now it's them sitting on thrones made of stacks of money, holding t-shirt cannons, basically saying, hey, buy our merch, like and subscribe. Honk. So very. So basically, the 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 evil version of all the people, all the buck, all the people who don't like the bucks. Yeah, like bit of a scattered brain BT, but that ending was just so great to build up their heel characters. Um, and then of course after that, uh, we had dynamite. So, Chris, why don't you lead us into dynamite? All right. First things first, we have the first tame tame tie. Team Taz. Team Taz match with absolute Ricky Starks uh, alongside Hook going up against Hangman Adam Page. This is this was a fun match. This was an okay opener. Um, I I don't know because we haven't talked about it beforehand, but uh, I was definitely pretty light on a lot of the Dynamite matches this week. Like, um, I don't want to say this was bad because this was definitely good. This is definitely TV quality, but it just felt like. This isn't the best either these guys can do. They're doing a solid opener just to get the audience warmed up. And there's nothing wrong with that. It worked perfectly fine, but wasn't the most exciting thing in the world to me. It, this also was a dynamite where they put a lot of the, the A stories on the back burner and the B stories up more. Yeah. This is a very B stories heavy episode uh, because mm -hmm. this whole match, it was fun. It was cool. There was a lot of, there were some neat things. 
Uh, and it's basically just setting up a little mini feud between uh, Hangman and Team Taz. Which, you know, could be solid. Could be fun. Especially with Brian Cage. That'd be fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Dark Order, even though they didn't get their uh, spring rolls, their southern spring rolls, they still came and made the save. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good shit. So that plate's still spinning. Indeed. Uh, and then we had a, uh, I want to say a backstage, but it's an outside segment where... Uh, the elite basically arrive, and then they get into a private trailer that they've now booked out for themselves, and that's a it's a little plot thread that goes all throughout this dynamite, and we'll uh, we'll fall back on that in a little bit. Yeah. Next we have uh, Trent. I love how Justin Roberts is now doing that. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, with Orange Cassidy by his side, with Penta Alza Romero, with Alex Apperhentes. Uh, uh, it's Apper, not Upper. Last time I saw it actually spelled out, it looked like Upper Hentes to me, but... Hold on. Let's double check real quick. Live Google, live Google, live Google, live Google, live Google. I'm doing the bushwhacker walk for some reason. I'm not going to stop until you have the result. Well, it's going to take a second. You can keep going. You keep doing yeah. it. Keep going. I mean, like, I unironically love the bushwhackers. I know they're stupid. I know they didn't amount to much, but God damn it, they had one bit and they did it well and it was funny. Oh, dear God. Have you ever seen Anthony Bowens and Anthony Agogo just, like, side by side? Because, goddamn, they I, look like they could be cousins. That doesn't surprise me, but I have not seen that. Go on the All Elite Wrestling's AEW roster page, and it's like, you just, just scroll down just a little bit. Okay. And you'll see it. It's just like, do, that. <laughs> do it, my friend. Abrahantis. A-B-R-A-H-A-N-T-S. I'm going to have to Google that every time I spell it from now on. <laughs> yeah, they do look like... they Fuck cousins, they look like brothers. They yeah. flat out look like brothers. That's great. Like, there's just like just enough difference that you go like, yeah, no, they don't look the same, but they look they look like they're related. Yeah, if this was if this was Impact, that'd be a storyline. If this was WWE, it'd be a storyline. There. No, they'd get put in a tag team because they look similar. They'd get the Chris- Edge and Christian treatment. Yeah? <laughs> you're both Canadian, you're blonde, you look alike, whatever, you're brothers. Just, just figure it out. Here's a kazoo, go have fun. Yeah, Um. but this was a match between Penta and Trent. There's a question mark at the end of it, you gotta say it like that. That's the rule. Yeah. Um. This was, it was neat, it was fun. It wasn't like A-game material from any party here, but it was... Maybe Alex, because this is the first time he's been uh, manager during a match and not just uh, in a promo segment. So he he tried to pull out some uh, some big moves in terms of Alex words. was doing so much hilarious shit on the outside too. Like if you pay attention to him as best you can with the camera angles, it's it's really funny. It's like watching Gokai Green every time there's a Gokaiger transformation sequence in that show. But um, yeah, no, it was fine. It was fun. Uh, also, uh, they brought back the best friends theme which is like it was made me so happy to hear it again it was how i thought it was they did they kept they did the where's my mind for that one week because it was just we need to get people used to this and then once they're used to this we'll do the other we'll give everybody their right theme yeah i also didn't figure this till we went off the air that night but that was basically an orange cast led segment so it made sense that they used his theme there yeah, but this was Trent. He was leading the charge, so it's Baba the Baba the Baba the best friends. Indeed. Um, um, and I did enjoy this match quite a bit. Like, like we said, not their best work, but very, very solid stuff all around, and kind of my match of the night, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, on. <laughs> uh, the big moment I remember is like uh, Penta, like going in for a chop or something on the outside with Trent, and he his hand just full on, wax yeah. Uh, that must have mm. hurt. Also, apparently there was an ad for Rebellion. The the feed I had uh, didn't have uh, picture-in-picture ads. No, I had I had the picture-in-picture feed, and I noticed, um, like, I was skipping the picture-in-picture bits, because I always do that. Like, it's it's just hard for me to follow if there's no audio of the actual show. Um, but, like, right as I was going, I was clicking over to go skip it, um, all of a sudden I just, I realized, like, wait, this isn't an ad for AEW. This is... They're promoting the Rebellion title match. That's awesome. Wait, why aren't they doing that on the actual show? There's kayfabe ring of a thousand. Yeah. But basically, uh, Alex does give a distraction. Uh, he bonks Trent with a mic. 
and uh, Penta gets a package pile driver, and he wins, thus cementing that Death Triangle likes to fuck with uh, the best friend. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a thing going forward, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, then we had uh, a backstage interview with Jim Ross and the Pinnacle, and I say the Pinnacle kind of with air quotes because this was mostly an MJF promo. And it was a good MJF promo. Not the best MJF promo ever, but a pretty good one with a nice little cameo from Wardlow. Yeah. Wardlow, I think this is the best Wardlow has looked in terms of not just muscle. Yeah, he had some solid characterization here. Kind of clapping back at Jericho because everybody pointed out, including myself, that Jericho kind of botched the Wardlow segment of that promo the other day. And it's just like, what, you scared, man? Did you flinch? Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Uh, also just making fun of people going like, oh, it's a, it's an immaculate prom. Yeah. Um, good shit. Good work. Yeah. Good solid little segments. Um, and yeah, I didn't, I, I don't have anything else to say. Yeah. I wish some of the other people got at least like a line in, but. Yeah, that was kind of my big, big complaint with this show overall was just like that segment. I was like, it's advertised as an interview with the pinnacle. Ross only asked like one or two questions. And the only people who talk are MJF and Wardlow. I would have liked it to be like, here's a question. MJF goes off. Here's a question. Wardlow goes off. Here's a question. Just give everybody a turn and then, like, like, have it. You mean like how they did the Inner Circle segment later on that night? Yeah. Yeah. And I would have also, like, like, little thing I would have done, have MJF bookend it. Like, he gets the first question, and then, like, maybe he steals the last from Tully or something. Although Tully wasn't actually there this week. Like, I can under, like... And here's the thing, I can see him going like, no, I don't need to speak for my brothers in arms, they can speak for themselves. And then, like, have the final one, like, one of the, the FTR guys just go like, you know what, I don't think I'm articulate enough to say this. MJF, would you? Like, have it be really, like, gentlemanly respectful between this whole group to really just kind of contrast how much they're assholes to everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that segment was a was just a bit of a mess. Just a bit. Yep, yep, yep. But uh, in a pretty good match, Tay Conte with the Dark Order on her side uh, versus Hikaru Shida for the Women's Championship. So this is the match I was most pumped for going into this show. There was a really good episode of Road 2 this week highlighting this and the other title match. Um, And they played a little bit of it before this match, but like a lot of the interview stuff was chopped out. Highly recommend going and seeking that out because it was... Really, really solid stuff. Character work from Sheeta and Tai. Uh, um, and uh, this match delivered on that, but not quite as much as I wanted it to. I think it's just a slight miss of what it could have been. But what it is, is still pretty good. Um, really solid ring work from both ladies. Really getting over um, the, the sort of difference in style between them. Mm-hmm. And never making either of them outright look like the heel. Yeah, which is which is a good thing to do with face versus face, especially because like Hikaru Shida is very much strikey, strikey, punchy, punchy, kick, 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 uh, with Tai, mm. Tai, 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 uh, being much more Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is wiggly and get you in the thing and then punch you. Yeah, it's more it's more about holds that yeah, really yeah. hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Shida does retain, and then the match, uh, and the segment ends with Britt Baker coming out and basically doing a little shimmy shimmy to her entrance theme as a graphic appears on the main sort of uh, video screen of the women's rankings. And then, oh, Tay lost the rankings shatter. Britt Baker is now ranked number one. I love, so the I, think... of, I love the kind of sneaky nature of this of like, oh, I didn't have to work that hard because the people ahead of me lost. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's uh, safe to say we're we're gonna start building now to Britt Baker versus Sheeta at double or nothing. Is Britt Baker gonna get the belt off? I mean, as much as I love Sheeta, if they don't put the belt on Britt, they're idiots. Yeah, Britt's the, probably the hottest act in the women's division right now. Other than maybe Jade Cardgill, just because people are going like, "Ooh, there's something impressive there." Yeah, but I think like. I think you put it on Brit, let let her have it, maybe till all out, and then give it to another one of the face ladies, and then <laughs> then Jade Cargill takes it at like the next big show after that. I wouldn't have it be like 
immediate pay-per-view like that, I, I'd stagger it a little bit better. Just so it doesn't feel so, like, predictable of, like, oh, yeah. it's new pay-per-view, I guess we got a new women's champion. You know, that kind of feeling. It's fair enough. Maybe make one of them, like, fight for the Fallen. Oh, you know what the order should be? Hikaru Shida, Britt Baker, Chris Statlander, mm. Jake Cargill. Ooh, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Especially because, like, they kind of play up the whole comic booky thing with Jade Cargill being, like, Storm, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, like, me being a big, big, dumb comic book fan going, like, oh, she could call, she could call her a Shi'ar. And I'm just like, that would only pop me and, like, three other people. But who cares? It'd be great. Um, but also, um, additionally, like, I like the idea of it because it's two very serious, angry, take me seriously, get rid of these sideshow kind of characters, bookending a goofy sideshow character. Yeah. Oh, man, that'd be so great. Do that. Should the best friends win the tag titles and kind of have be draped in gold at that moment? Maybe? Yes. Fuck it. No. Best friends, tag champions... Orange Cassidy TNT champion. But no, because we got to talk about the next, we got to talk about the next bit because they're building to this. Uh, we have a, uh, we have a video package from Miro basically saying like, it's another week. Kip's still dodging me. Whatever. Fuck him. I'm going to get me a belt. Which belt should I get? Um, and interestingly, they don't show footage of the tag champs this time. It's just the TNT and the main title. Which one am I going to go after? Next week, we're probably going to find out. Next week, he's probably going to do a promo either on Kenny or Darby. Considering that he's a heel, probably going to be Darby. Yeah. Miro versus, Miro versus Darby at double or nothing. That's all I'm saying. Goddamn. Throw Darby around for 20 minutes and have Miro win. We probably won't be out of the pandemic enough to do it, but, like, throw Darby into the crowd and they just start doing the way the he starts crowd surfing. <laughs> I mean, they can they can throw him into the crowd. It's just a crowd of wrestlers. True, true. Um, which, by the way, that's something we uh, we forgot to talk about. Jim Ross said on his podcast, "It's going to be a half capacity crowd uh, for Blood and Guts at Daly's place, and they plan to start touring again in July." Yeah, that's good. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, I'm it excited. pans out. Maybe uh, I could finally go to a dynamite. What? No. Um, and considering how much noise there was with. As small a crowd there was when I went, half a crowd is going to be night and day. Yeah, night and day. Uh, I'm excited. I hope it's electric for that match because that 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 booking alone deserves it. Apparently, like the way they are talking, it's the whole show that match. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be a two-hour match. Fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Um, uh, wouldn't that be great if they like still have backstage segments and video packages? They just keep throwing to those and then coming back. Oh, they're still fighting. They're still fucking each other up. They were just in rest holds for five minutes. I mean, they got to rest sometimes with that. <laughs> Maybe the first hour is all that 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 cage build up, and it's like, no, you got to wait five minutes to get out of the cage, mm. and then only once everybody's in. Now you can wrestle. That'd now you can. Good. Now you can. That'd be good times. Um, but then there's also. Uh... The, the next thing, speaking of that whole match. You, are, you want me to talk about that? Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, oh, so you're you're wanting to push the you're wanting to push the podcast for you you want to move topics. Okay, cool. I cool. mean I mean we're perfectly set up for it. We were talking about blood and guts, dude. <laughs> I know, I know. And I'm ruining it with a bit. Play uh, to the bit. It's this yes is and Boingo. yes and this is this is the cringy side of Boingo Core right here. Nah man. Ain't no cringy side with Boingo Core. Y'all find that out soon enough. Hint, hint. Foreshadowing. What does this mean? You'll never know. Fuck. <laughs> Tony Schiavone interviews the inner circle. And this is what the pinnacle segment should be. Because Tony Schiavone asks a question. Chris Jericho responds. And then Chris Jericho go, uh, like passes the mic around to the group. Doesn't Not everybody gets a say. Not everybody. But like uh, Hager gets to a, gets a do a bit. I, I have a feeling Hager was really proud of that backstage. Mm-hmm. Like, I have yeah. an idea. Straw. Let's do it, Hager. It's not often you have ideas like this. Let's fucking encourage the shit. Yeah. Santana got time on the mic. Yeah. Like, the last time I remember him doing a truly great promo was that fucking promo 
like during his first before his first AEW match in the pre-Dynamite period where he where where he coined the phrase proud and powerful. Oh yeah, yeah, the New York promos. Yeah, those were fucking great. God, I want I, I want their face run for the tag title so bad. I mean, hey, they face now. Yeah. That'd be fun. But no, this was a good segment. It was a good response. It wasn't as like as impressive a promo as uh the other Jericho promo, but it's still a good promo. Yeah, this is a solid segment. Which is something you're gonna you're gonna hear a lot going forward because the next match is Billy Gunn versus QT Marshall with the factory. Uh this match was okay, however, it felt like they were just kind of dilly-dallying in the ring until they could do the angle they wanted to do. Yeah, and also it doesn't help that like that's the kind of wrestling that these kind of dudes really excel at, which is good enough, like solid work. Like you can understand why wrestlers go like, no, they're good, but like it's nothing. It's it's nothing like that's to hang a hat on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's nothing to I mean, hang I over on your mantle. I mean, I love Billy Gunn. I've I've been a I've been an advocate for QT ever since he first debuted in AEW. But like this was just not their best work. This was this was, was just kind of okay. it was it was B. It was it was it wasn't bad. Yeah. It wasn't. And I mean, bad. I didn't I did enjoy the angle because they kind of they they get uh, Billy beaten down. Um, Anthony hits him with a cheat shot, and then they pull out a chair to hit him with. But it's not a regular wrestling chair. It's a fucking like wooden lawn chair. Oh, you mean the you mean a kind of chair that'd be really super easy to gimmick. Yeah, and it, not it was... have any metal go anywhere and accidentally slice a fucker. Yeah, but like you know, Cody Rhodes still owns that chair, right? Dude, he probably has it hanging up in his office. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, like I kind of popped when I saw like, oh, they're gonna hit him with a chair that's not a wrestling chair. This is fun. This is kind of wacky. And then they hit Billy Gunn with it, and then uh, his sons get in the ring, and it's a whole thing. And then Dustin comes out, sporting a new look that I am very much for. It's it's his blue look, but good. Um, and, hey, uh... Hey, that face was fine. It was fine, but it worked better in red. Yeah. Um, but it, this is a new thing where it's half face, but it's horizontal instead of vertical. Um, it looked like he was just wearing a mask at first. Yeah. Uh, which is really was kind of cool. It was really kind of a fake out type thing. You're really taking COVID seriously, Dustin. I'm proud of you. <laughs> but no, Dustin beats the shit out of QT, and there's probably going to be a Dustin versus QT match uh, not too far down the line. But you know what? I am here for that. Pre-show on the, uh, Double or Nothing? Potentially. Potentially. Or first match? Second match, let a let a yeah. let a cruiser reweight match. I mean, you could do that. You could you could have it be the main event of a dynamite somewhere between now and double or nothing. You could have it be the opening match of the Blood and Guts show. But the big thing is like it is a tag team implosion, and which is a mm-hmm. which is a big thing for a storyline. So I mm-hmm. I think giving them a pay per view spot is just kind of going like you know no this is this is this is an important part of the storyline. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm always excited when Dustin gets cool stuff to do. Oh, you forgot uh, the coolest part Dustin did. Because uh, Kamaroto came into the ring to try and protect QT. And so Dustin went like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to use the chair. Bash you over the head. Why are there splinters everywhere? It is great. Um, and and yeah, I'm super excited about that. Like, I, I don't have an in with Jazzwares, but there were two moments on this show that made me go, I can't wait for that to be a figure. I can't wait for this new Dustin look to be a figure. Dustin, I can't wait for Kamaroto. Kamaroto will be fun. That's true. Kamaroto will be great, but he's not the other person I was thinking. Ooh. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. I was trying to guess a little bit. I mean, uh, we'll get to it. No, but this is, a, this again, this episode of Dynamite was very much the B shows taking, prom, uh, the B storylines taking prominence and the A stepping back a little bit because uh, we had this, a, this, this has basically been an A storyline. And it stepped back to more of like a B in uh, what they did this episode because we're backstage, we're in the trailer, the the elites are all going like, ah, we're dicks, motherfuckers, look at us, we're hanging out, bro. And then a beep happened and Kenny's going like, beeping, beeping, motherfuckers, more beeps. I can't believe the network's censoring us right now. 
Yeah. Beep, beep, beep. Uh, and they just go like, what the fuck's happening? And then we cut to outside and we just see a big old truck with uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston in it. And they're going like, all right, guess we're doing this Attitude Era. And they uh, run into the goddamn trailer trying to like freak them the fuck out get and get their hands on the Elite. They open the door, the Elite aren't there. A lot of people were really pissed off about that. A lot of people, a lot of people were like, "What is this fiend level bullshit? How did they get out of there? How did they disappear?" There's another door in the back of the trailer. Yeah, that's, that's the door they, they came do. into. That's the door they went to the show. Like, hey, there was another door. I would have liked to have seen an edit showing that. Remember, show don't tell. Yeah. Uh, but like overall, I think this wasn't the best segment it could have been. But again, it was. <laughs> taking a backseat for other segments. I mean, like, I, I enjoyed it just purely for the Moxley and Kingston banner oh, okay. banter as they're, like, getting out of the truck and, and just, like, do you, you bring the pipe? Of course I brought the pipe. The <laughs> best, like that. The best line was, the best one was, like, Eddie Kingston going, like, hey, Mox, don't ruffle them up too bad. We can we can get those shoes. And, and Moxley just going, like, you and those fucking shoes, you're not going to steal their shoes. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. I know you. Don't do it. <laughs> but I have an eBay account. <laughs> and you know how much those shoes are worth. And, like, Moxley throwing the pipe later on. And, like, Eddie Kingston going, like, whoa, watch where the fuck you're going, man. Hey, sorry. It's, fuck it, man. I know you. You're, I love you. This is good. Uh, yeah, that was, that, was, that was some fun. That was a good little thing. And then we got... Another good little thing, which is uh, the second Team Taz match of the night, we had Powerhouse Hobbs versus Christian Cage. Um, May I make this a, just a quick uh, 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 observation of this match alone? This is Darby in 20 years, getting beat down the entire match, and then suddenly pulling off a remarkable upset at the end. Yeah, you're right, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what he does now, but he gets a little more work in between there. Yeah. Because that's his whole character, is just endure the pain and then pull it out at the end. Yeah. But, uh, no, they did that with Christian here, because you want to get over how strong, uh... The big I, boy. Like, I, I, I don't like calling him Powerhouse as the first name. I'm still going to say Will. Uh, I mean, you want to get over they, how... they kind of switch back and forth. Uh, but you want to get over how strong Hobbs is. You, you want to build him up as this big, badass monster... Um, but Christian is still the veteran. We still want to do that title feud eventually. So he's going to pull it out in the end and he hits a signature move, uh, that everybody knows everybody wants to see him do it. So there it is. He wins and he advances in the rankings, especially after like Hobbs was cocky. It, it, it mm-hmm. shows that if he kept his head on straight, Hobbs would have won, but because mm-hmm. he got cocky and Christian cage is a veteran in the ring Cage was able to go like, all right, win. That's that's yeah. the that's the that's good storytelling because it doesn't make Hobbs look like a weakling. It's just good. Uh, mm. But next we have a couple of announcements for uh, next week. Next week we're getting Penta versus Orange Baby. Can that please just be? Can that be? Can that please be Pack versus Orange Round Two? Oh my we, god. Can we just get that match on TV? No, here's the thing. Pack versus Orange is Bugs Bunny versus Elmer Fudd. Mm-hmm. Pa- uh, Penta versus Orange is Bugs Bunny versus Daffy. Thank you. That's exactly what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> They're both fucking insane, but mm-hmm. in completely different ways. And like, god Yo, damn. instead of a new hat, Penta puts on Orange's sunglasses. Ooh. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, uh, we're also getting, but, but, but I'm getting back to where my, I was reading Statlander versus Ford. Oh, Hey, look, Kip's back on dynamite. I wonder if anybody's going to run in and beat someone up. Yeah. This will be a nice little epilogue to, uh, best friends versus, uh, Kip and co. Yeah. 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 Uh, then we also have the bucks versus the Seidel's brothers versus brothers. Let's fucking go. That's going to be such stupid flippy shit. I can't wait. Oh god, if they pull off half the shit that like Nick and Ray have done to each other, that'd be fucking dumb. Yeah. Uh we also have Nightmare Family versus The Factory, a big kind of a uh, clusterfuck of a tag team match that's going to be interesting. Uh yeah. we're also getting a final like parlay of promo for Blood and Guts, which is you know what's going to end in. That's that's going to be a you know what, if they're smart, they won't do a match as the final segment of the show. 
That'll be the final segment of the show, and it'll end in a massive pull-apart brawl. Oh, yeah. That's because AEW loves pull-apart brawls. Mm-hmm. The only people who love pull-apart brawls more than AEW is Paul Heyman. That's fair. <laughs> and hey, look, you have ECW Original, Taz, on your crew. Like, I, w- I don't doubt that the Bucks and Kenny and Cody talk to Taz on a regular basis about, like, hey... Talk to Taz, talk to Dustin, talk to all, like, the veterans and go, like, hey, what do you think we should do? What are some, like, ideas that you want to pitch at us? You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're also getting Christian Cage versus Hangman Adam Page. That's going to be it. Can we put it in a cage? Can we Can we play Can we play Path of Rage? Can I don't we, know. Uh, we'll, we burn we'll some have, stage incense? We, we'll have to uh, get a gauge. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, they better be careful because the whole place will be under siege. If they win, they get an engage. Kamen mm. Rider Wizard just walks out, puts puts the ring on Hangman's finger. Engage, police! Hangman in the middle of the match just points at someone. Hey, what's your age? Um, fuck, you win. <laughs> I couldn't think of a number that ends in, in that kind of sound. There isn't one. <laughs> yeah, you fucking, you fucking trap carded me. I'm in the Shadow Realm now. Boo, I fuck my dick. Oh my god, if this was Twit, that would be the quote I'd make the episode title. <laughs> hey, you can still make it the episode title for the next Twit, for no good reason. Um, Buster's like, I never said that! Uh, boy. Boyo, boyo. Speaking of boyos, Jungle uh, are Boy! Gonna, are we gonna skip the Jade Cargill video package? I just saw that as a good segue, but we'll go back to Jade Cargill. Storm is uh, saying, hey, I'm gonna beat people up. She sure, she sure is. All right, so Jungle Boy, um, go ahead. Okay. This should, this should be your segment. It I, should I fucked be. this all up. Yeah, no, it should be. But we also just blew over the Jade Cargill video package. It was fine. It was good, but yeah. it was just another video package. So it was Jungle another Jade Cargill video package. So uh, a couple of twinks went at it, and a couple of old dudes watched. This show is getting more embarrassing by the week. Bitch, you're on this. It can never be. More I can't put it on a resume. Damn it. Uh, so Jungle Boy and Darby Allen are going at it with Luchasaurus in Jungle Boy's corner and Sting in Darby's. Guess what hasn't happened in several weeks? What's that? Sting hasn't had an interview segment that got interrupted. Oh my god, Jake and Lance did it. They broke the curse. Almost as if, like, at the end, it was a joke and everybody was in on it except some numpties talking in the comments. What a bunch of Craigs. What a, bu- what a bunch of fucking Craigs. <laughs> Now we just gotta smell. Uh, this, now we just gotta smell this match. Uh, it was yeah, one of the and like, honestly, this was a great title match. Like we all we all knew how this was gonna go. This was gonna be solid work rate from both these boys. Not the best they could do, but solid stuff. A uh, good good initial encounter for them because I don't think they've had a singles match together in AEW at least so far. No. Um, and and it was kind of cool how Jungle Boy was like putting himself over in Road Two, saying like, hey. I I have this many singles wins. I'm undefeated in singles. We've been doing really good in the tag rankings. I'm I'm a legit great prospect in this roster. I deserve this title shot, and even if I don't win, I'm going to do great at it. And he followed through on that. Like I felt like I was seeing the beginning of a John Cena and Randy Orton level rivalry. I can um, definitely un- get that vibe because it's also like com- two completely different styles that like clash in it because it because it's Jungle Boy and very very kind of more traditional holds and strikes very traditional style rep, with some flips and shit every once in a while. and Darby is out here using his body as a battering ram definitely but he can also pull out some holds he can pull out some strikes but it's mostly just like I'm gonna use every ounce. Of this hundred pound soaking wet body of mine to beat your ass. Uh, There's also some like interesting face face dynamics going on because Jungle Boy was trying to get into the ring and Luchasaurus is there going like, "Come on, you can do it!" And Jungle Boy grabs on because hey, I'm trying to grab onto anything I can to get into the ring. And jo- and Luchasaurus just goes like, "I am not doing anything. He's doing this all on his own. I'm not actively helping." And Sting, yeah, because Sting standing right over there with the bat, dude. I'm not. I'm, we're not cheating tonight. Nope. <laughs> But Sting goes like, hey, man, that wasn't cool. And Luchasaurus was like, I didn't do anything. It was all him. And, it was like... and they start going back and forth. It gets heated. And then they start doing the hockey brawl mm-hmm. into the into the tunnel. 
to basically go like, these guys are not going to be factors in the finish. Don't worry. Yeah, this is not their segment. Uh, but it but it does like write them off as men. Uh, but we do get a dope ass like um, a Jungle Boy putting in uh, his submission finish. I can't remember. Uh, the snare trap. The snare trap. It's a modified STF. Yeah, it looks much better than any STF John Cena. Hell yeah. I think it's the leg thing. I think the leg thing helps. Yeah, it's... Because it's like an inverted figure four and an STF. In like, I'm not much of a submission finisher guy, but as submission finishers go, that's a really good one. I think that one, the Lockjaw, and Mox's Bulldog are, like, my favorites. Mm -hmm. Just because and I love to, the way uh... Mox kind of, like, turns his body when he... Mm -hmm. And for me, uh, to, f to throw a bone to WWE, I still love the Disarmor. Yeah, there's there's good shit in there. That's good shit. But uh, eventually, Darby does pin Jungle Boy with the Last Supper, and uh, at the end, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page going like, "Hey, fuck y'all, pay attention to us," and uh, try to make a scene. Lance Charger comes in, goes like, "Nah, bitch, they're my spoopy boy." And only Sting's I... like, "That's my spoopy son." Only I get to punch the spoopy. Wouldn't that be? Oh, you know. If... Okay, so here's my idea. Go on. Blood and guts. It's not the whole two hours. It's the whole second hour. The first hour is split between Dustin Rhodes versus QT Marshall and then Lance Archer and Sting versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Ooh, that's a... That's a fucking... Mm. How will they coexist? Honestly, though, that'd be the first time AEW's done that kind of, like, single-angle storyline that WWE... But goddamn... Sting versus Scorpio, though. Yeah. Scorpion, Scorpion. Fucking, who can get the Scorpion Death Trap on first? Damn. Damn, damn, damn. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Let's see what happens. But that was Dynamite for the week. It was a solid B. Yeah. Like, not the most fun show ever, but perfectly fine entertainment. Things move forward just enough to justify it existing, but it definitely feels like we are in the middle of waiting between two different yeah, like, next week is probably going to be a pretty exciting show because it will be building into Blood and Guts. Mm -hmm. Blood and Guts will fucking blow us away. Then I think we'll have another B show, and then we'll start building to Double or Nothing. And here's the thing, we're we're currently still building to Double or Nothing. We just don't know exactly how we are building to Double or Nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and here's the thing, with it being a half-capacity crowd at Daily's Place for... Um, Blood and Guts. I forgot what it was for a second there. Um, I would not be surprised if they're doing that as a test run to see if they could do their first full capacity show back at Double or Nothing. I can definitely see that. I can I can get that vibe. But uh, yeah, that was Dynamite for this. Any any final thoughts you want to give? Uh, come this time next week, Kenny Omega will be Impact World Champion, and I want an Impact wrestler to appear on Dynamite to challenge for the title. Sammy Callahan. Fuck yeah. For, and like, and, for like a one he, shot? Yeah, Sammy Callahan. Let's do it. And fucking just, yeah, fuck it. Let's have him drive in with Mox and Kingston. I got a ride. Here's the fucking weed money. Here's how Here's how you introduce that. Mox comes out and Kenny's like, God damn it, not this motherfucker again. I'm trying to have a title celebration. And Mox is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still want to beat you up. But I realize people are probably getting a little sick of this. So I made a phone call, and then Sammy's music hits. Here's the question. Mox is from Ohio, right? Mm-hmm. Where's Sammy from? I don't know, but I know they were a tag team in uh, CZW or something I think he's like also that. from Ohio. That would be great. I called the neighborhood boy of mine. Mm -hmm. Somebody from back east. Oh, Ohio is to the left of... I know, but that's a thing you say. Is it a thing you say, or is it a thing you want people to say so you're right? No, it's the thing you say. I've heard that in, like, movies and shit, dude. Probably about things. True, true. But I'm just saying, it is a thing people say. You up north? Technically, I'm south. No, no, no. You're north. Of me. But I'm in South Carolina. Isn't that fucked? You're also in the south. That is super fucked. Uh, but that and now I've just offended most of our audience. Uh, so that was MMWP. Uh, that was Wrestling for the Week. Overall, pretty good. Yeah. Except the except the trash bag in the in the corner. Thoughts and prayers, mate. Find people who will love you. Go, uh, you know, if they'll have you, 
go to AEW. I would love to see Mickey James go be a locker room leader in AEW. Oh, but if not, you got a guaranteed job where your hubby's at. Imagine Mickey James versus uh, uh, Britt Baker. Yes. Mickey James versus Thunder. I mean, you could do that in NWA, but ooh, yeah. ooh. oh, Mickey James getting squashed by Jade Cargill. Mickey James having a fun, goofy match with Chris Statland. Mickey James having a legit competitive match with Big Swole and slash or Hikaru Shida. And slash Red Velvet. The possibilities. The possibility. The fucking AEW's women's division has arrived, sir. It is so good now. Mm-hmm. It's so good now. But that was MMWP Live, and this has been Modular Media. If you are watching this on YouTube, remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the video. It'll help us out. It'll, sh it'll make... The AI algorithms go like, hey, this video should be suggested other places. Let's suggest it other places. Uh, if you are listening to this on a podcast platform, remember to follow us there and uh, tell your friends about us so we can get more people listening. And um, you can talk about a podcast together. There's a lot of possibilities there. Isn't there, yeah. Beck? Think of another possibility so we just don't feel like we're shilling. You can listen to us in the car on the way to or from work. You can listen to us when you're going to get groceries. Hey, it's a wrestling podcast. You can listen to it while you're working out. You can listen to it at work. You can do all kinds of all kinds of fun stuff. We are an audio book without a story. <laughs> the story is how much we're dumbass. Indeed. Uh, but I think that's it. Do you have any final words for our lovely, lovely audience of none? Wrestling. 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 Shut it off.